This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia, The Labor Show. J-Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the Law Offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause. And a good Saturday night, everyone, and welcome in to The Labor Show with Jadock and Krause as we come to you live on a Saturday night. It's a two-hour uh, edition of The Labor Show. It's always a two-hour edition uh, of The Labor Show. Got a great first hour, uh, Doc, followed by the John Doherty Hour in hour number two, but a great first hour um, as we come to uh, everyone uh, this uh, Saturday night. Absolutely, Joe, and I want to uh, start off... <clears throat> Uh, it's a rough day, and I want to give a shout-out, uh, some thoughts and prayers to a uh, couple real good union families out of Ironworkers Local 401, the Parallax family and the Clarkson family. Um, happy to be my cousins. Uh, they're uh, ironworkers, big ironworking uh, family, and uh, my cousin Raymond, my uncle Raymond, uh, cousin Dave and George, and, and my cousin Marianne Clarkson Parallax passed away today. She worked at the, at the Union Hall for us some time back and want them to know that I'm thinking about them. Thoughts and prayers and loves, love to you all. J-Doc, I'm so sorry to hear that, and I'm so, yep. I'm so sorry to um, have you deliver that uh, news. Our entire thoughts and prayers will uh, be with you and with your family during well, this time. I want to give you a little instance before we move on. Um, you see the Comcast Tower, <clears throat> and uh, my cousin Raymond uh, was one of the connectors on that. The connectors are the guys that put the, the beams up the very top of the building. My cousin David and George um, also working on the high-rises downtown. So when you look up at that top of that building, um, and when I do, I'm very proud of, of, of the work that uh, my cousins have done, and um, I couldn't be more proud of them, and I, I just want them to know that my thoughts and prayers are with them. Um, God bless them. And my cousin Marianne, obviously. The Labor Show with Jay Doc and Krause as we get underway here uh, on a Saturday night. Uh, again, two hours uh, are in front of us, Jay Doc. Let's uh, set the table for uh, the listening audience here tonight in hour number one. Uh, we've got a good lineup. When Lou, when Lou Ager is... Uh, penciled into the schedule. When I see Lou's name uh, in the lineup, um, I know that um, it's going to be a spirited conversation, um, and I'm excited to have him on the night. Well, usually we have Lou on when we do the union yes, uh, union no shows, and that's because Lou's not only a labor leader and has been a major uh, – part of the uh, labor movement for somebody who's he's also a lawyer so we know we got somebody smarter than us on the line and we know we're going to win our arguments and um, so we love having him on but he's also uh, 
uh, a big part of our political scene in the city of Philadelphia. And so we're going to talk some politics today because we got an election coming up and some and some judges. So uh, without further ado, I want to welcome in uh, our good friend Lou Ager to the broadcast. How are you, Lou? I'm doing great, Joe. And Joe, um, first of all, I'm sorry for your loss. Thank but, you, my friend. Um, I'm doing great. Phillies won five in a row. Sixers won seven in a row. I hit a 25 to one at the racetrack today. It's awesome. Ah, <laughs> uh, wow! Well, great way to bring some energy into the show. Awesome, Luke, awesome, brother. Well, uh, well done. Well said. As the 76ers roll into the uh, by the uh, way into the playoffs, right? Anybody who knows Jacob Media and Joe Kraus knows they they have a, a big sports division. So, Joe, you got a new guest, by the way, new expert guest in Lou, in Lou Ager. Yeah, good, uh, uh, good stuff. And uh, uh, J Doc, as you mentioned by the way um election time and we're going to get into that conversation uh with lou ager i did want to let the listening audience also coming up a little bit later on in the program lisa marie dealey uh, will be with us as well absolutely and as well as john dodds who was the director of the unemployment philadelphia unemployment project here and of course we have the john Doherty hour coming up uh, at seven o'clock lou um let's let's talk a little bit about um some of the important judges that are uh on the ballot uh for this uh, this coming election, uh, a lot of good people. Talk a little bit about them. Well, at the top of the ticket is Lori Dumas running for Commonwealth Court. Lori Dumas um, is, a, is a Philadelphia judge. Her mother was a teachers union member. The chair of her campaign is Bob Heenan, who's the business manager of my local, local 542 of the operating engineers. And her husband is a member of our local. So we really like you know, Lloyd Dumas. It's important to get these judges that have a perspective for working people because, you know, a lot of these judges look at look at the law in a vacuum. They don't look at what they do affects people's everyday lives, whether they're dealing with, you know, union elections or the right to picket, the right to get, you know, the, the, the injunctions coming down on people, all these things that, that affect unions and working people. And we got to get people in there who, 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 who know the struggles of working people and not, not just, you know, ideologues and people who've never walked the picket line or met a working person or have no union connections in their family. And, and that's why, you know, there's judges I'm going to mention have good long union connections. If you want me to go on. Yeah. Lou, it's I, Lou, funny because, ju- Lou I just wanted to add, I, I wanted to, um, well, I do want you to go on, but I did, I did want to ask you about on the doorstep of the election, are will the turnout be small? Will is it expected to be much greater? Um, what what's the general feeling about that? Well, I have to tell you, we're in uncharted territory because this is the first municipal election we've had without a national poll where there's been mail-in ballots and early voting. So I have to tell you, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. I know that a lot of people took mail-in ballots, but apparently only 2,000 people have returned them, or some 20,000, some small amount of people have returned their mail-in ballots. So we don't know if they're not getting their ballots, if they're not voting their ballots, um, if they're going to vote on Election Day. It's, it's really uncharted territory we're going through. And so I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I know that, you know, this DA's race may drag some people out. I know that the, that the police which 500 6,000 people from Democrat to Republican, Republican to Democrat. And that's that's a lot of people in a in a in a, in a low turnout race. So yeah, we'll no, no doubt, yeah, no doubt yeah, about that, that. that is a big deal right there. You know, you are hearing 
about a lot of Republicans um, registering Democrat, uh, you know, for this particular DA race. It's, um, you know, people may be having obviously jet lag after the presidential election. Everybody so was so I mean, it was one of the biggest elections in the history of our life. People say that. But this really was, no question. Um, the, the, the state of consequences were epic, were, was the understatement. Uh, but now here we are, and our judges, obviously, it's vitally important uh, to have judges in there that, that are pro-labor, uh, but that we, you know, that we educate ourselves on and that we make a difference uh, voting on them. Because uh, I've heard, Lou, I've heard people say to me that uh, being a part of the uh, judicial process uh, and, and, of course, a jury of your peers is uh, the one way where all Americans can make a difference and, and actually, um, you know, have their opinion voiced. Um, and there can be, and I've heard a lot of attorneys say that. You're an attorney. What's your thought there? Well, right now we're, we're looking at a real ugly turn in our country because what happened in, in Nevada and Arizona and North Carolina and Georgia where, where thousands and th- millions of African Americans turned out to vote, and gave Joe Biden a victory. Now they're trying to limit the right to vote in those states. And, it, and it's really a scary, scary thing. Because who would think that in 2021, people would be passing laws to limit the rights of African-Americans to vote? And, and they even say this. They said, we can't win unless we can have voter suppression. So um, I, I just think that God, the right to vote. People died for the right to vote, and they're doing still. It's still a fight to get people to vote. Um, I, I'm baffled by it. I, I just think that you know, if you if if you can't win an election on your ideas and your candidates, well, change your ideas of your candidates, and that goes for both parties. You know what, Lou? When I hear you say that only two two thousand out of what was the number 20, 20, two thousand out of twenty thousand. No, twenty thousand out of like. I don't know the exact numbers, but so few people have turned in their ballots and mailed by now. It's amazing. But, but, but look, this is what the show is about. This is why we're talking about, um, obviously, how important it is. Um, and we don't want to let down, obviously, this is not the presidential election no, you know, uh, or the election for governor. But at the end of the day, uh, or, or mayor, but at the end of the day, it's incredibly important. And if you want to make a difference and have your voice heard, you got to be out there, uh, you know, on the 18th to, 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 to vote. Now, let's talk about uh, the other uh, candidates for judge. Um, because you have some good ones. Well, a lot, apparently, a lot of people, one of the things you have to do for Rutherford judges have a family member in the teacher's union. Lori Dumas' mother was in the teacher's union. Dan Solman, common police court candidate, mother in the teacher's union. Kateria McCabe, who's a veteran and was a staff attorney for 1199C, mother was in the teacher's union. Uh, Mark Moore, who's my good friend and a great candidate, was a former member of the... uh, Teachers Union at Community College. Great guy. All these people are great. Craig Levin and Betsy Wall fought for working people their whole life. Wendy Barris grew up with her grandfather's house, who was a longtime Musicians Union member. And the coolest thing about the Musicians Union is their reference in the in the song "Here's to the Band" by Frank Sinatra, and he calls he gives a shout out to the AF of M Musicians Union, which I always <laughs> thought was great about being a musician because Frank Sinatra mentions your union. What's better than that, right? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> In fact, you know what? I'd like to get somebody from the teachers' union on the show. So, uh, and I've been thinking about that for about five years. So, we'll talk about that after the show. Uh, Lou's right. 
if, if, if Frank, Frank Sinatra, right. if Frank Sinatra references your union, <laughs> that's pretty big stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? No doubt about it. Absolutely. Um, and, and two and minutes. Let me give break, you a couple Jim. more, and, and then we can move on to really important stuff, the shipyard sure. and the unemployment. What, um, Chris Hall is backed by – he was a, a strong advocate for environmental justice and backed by probably the most – strongest labor advocate in Harrisburg to Senator Tina Tartaglione, who nobody can doubt her union credentials. Uh, Gregory Yorgi Gurdy, very, very active member of the LBGTQ community, um, comes from Texas. But I asked him, and he swore to me he's not a Dallas fan. So before I talked to him, I said, you got to tell me. He said, no, he hates the Cowboys. So well, then, he's, then he's got my vote. That's, <laughs> that's a fact right there. <laughs> And finally, one more is a guy named Michael Lambert, who is just a great story. He came here as eight years old as a Jamaican immigrant, worked his way through Temple Law School, worked his way up, runs a little neighborhood law office, fights for working people, does small claims, little criminal stuff. You know, the kind of the kind of down to earth um, working guy that 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 you know we got to have we need on the bench. And if you ever met him, he's probably the sweetest, nicest guy you'll ever meet. And his name's Michael Lambert. So, um, you know, he's uh, – and, and that's it. I don't want to take up a lot of time with, you know, judicial lectures. Yeah, that's okay. Good stuff. Things to talk about. No, good and stuff. That's it. That's my pitch. You know, Mark Moore, I got to tell you, is my one of my best friends. He's he's uh, was my ward chairman, was my ward council, and, and was uh, was uh, a committeeman for years in the ward and, and highly recommended by the bar. Just one of the best guys you'll meet. You know, fair, honest, and just – Good, he's, uh, yes. Anyway. Right. Stay right there, Lou. We're going to take a break. It's The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ District 1201. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here on The Labor Show with Jadok and Krause, all presented by Jim Stevenson and Chapman Ford on the Boulevard. Get up to Jim Stevenson for all of your automotive needs. If you've heard me say it once, I've, I, I hopefully have said it now uh, thousands of times. The only man in the Delaware Valley, Jadok, who for now 36 years has unconditional support for the entire union community. Big shout out to Jim Stevenson. He's a great guy, good golfer, uh, and I love him. And he drives the union community. And he drives the union community. Well done. Hey, you're hanging around with me. That's pretty you good. Like that? that, that's you pretty like good that? by you. Don't get a big head now, but that's pretty good by you. So um, we're talking to Lou Ager, uh, president of Metal, Metal Trades. and um, Lou, let's talk about uh, the shipyard. We've had, over the years, we've had conversations um, you know, some that were really emotional a, a, a while back, you know, at least a year, maybe a year and a half, two years ago when there was very few uh, jobs uh, down there. In other words, the ships, there was no ships uh, uh, to build. And now you guys are loaded for bear. 
One of the great things about having Lou Aker, who who's not only an outstanding labor leader, but he's very politically savvy, and he and he and he, and he works really hard to, to procure work, uh, which is really important, you know, for for our members down there. Um, talk about what's going on down there, Lou, uh, because it's a lot of good stuff. Well, you know, half the time I'm down there, I feel like an undertaker hearing bad news, but. Lately, we in fact, about a week and a half ago, we met with upper management. We meet with them once a month under our contract. And, and the problem is now we don't have enough skilled help. We're looking for skilled help every place, um, which is a real tragedy in this, in, this, um, in this area because we used to have the highest skilled people in the world. We could get a welder any place. I always say the only place you can find a welder is America's Most Wanted. always says sometimes work as a welder or tattoo artist. But – we need about 200. We'll need about 150 to 200 welders over the next year. We need. I feel like I feel like I'm giving my monthly report at the agents meeting. You know, telling them <laughs> what we need and where to work is. Yeah, but, but it's great. It's great to hear it. And but at the same time, like you said, we need the workers. Yeah, and I'm working with Pat Eiding at, at, at and Philly um, Philly Works and uh, Pat Eiding has been great. Me and him talk once a week about. You know where we can find people. You know we, we we're talking to people who worked at the uh, PES. See if there's any. We're looking for Kiros drivers. We're looking, which is a Goldhofer or um, yeah, I don't know if anybody knows. It's like a 16 wheel walk behind thing that uh, uh, machine that moves parts. We're looking for welders, outfielders, which is a pipe trade, shipbuilders, which is basically carpenters with metal. And mostly we're looking for CNC machine operators, which is a big machine that, that is a pretty highly complicated. It's, 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 it's a, it has a video screen and it cuts steel. Um, you got to be good at it because you make a mistake. You, you know, you can ruin a $25,000 piece of metal. But you know what's interesting? We're going to have another apprenticeship class. The first apprenticeship class started Monday, and we're going to hopefully have another one. So if anybody out there is a welder, an outfitter, a CNC operator, shipbuilder, go to phillyshipyard.com and apply online. There's lots of work. They're looking, you know, I, I stress that we, uh, we, um, we want local people. We want veterans. I just got a kid from the neighborhood, my, na- my neighborhood that just got out of the Navy, and he started like two weeks later. Um, uh, any, and, you know, if you have a little criminal record, it's not a bad problem. If you have a big criminal record, it may be a little harder. But, you know, we, we, we pride ourselves on giving people second chances down there. Um, you know, it's, it's just it's just a year ago. I had I had a, I was, a year and a half ago. I think we we're down to nine people. By this time next year, we'll be over eleven hundred, hopefully. It's incredible. It's incredible. Unbelievable, isn't it, Joe? Yeah, it's unbelievable. And Joe Crouch, you and I have, you know, we 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 we. I remember the last show that Joe uh, that um, Lou talked about this. It was such a beautiful uh, air of optimism, and, and and it was so great to hear. It was it was just excited us so much because we remember when there was nine people down there. And one of the things I wanted to ask Lou is this: um, you know, we have some of these. Well, yeah, we, we we had Joe Inamaron of of uh, the the Printers Union, um, the the guy you know they 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 print the the Daily News and the Inquirer and all. They just left, lost so many. I mean, they just shut the printing presses down at those, um, at, at, you know, at, at down there at at, at Broad and Vine. And uh, my question to you is this: Is it possible even that may you know with with you know that we could you know transition some of these people who may be in other unions? Um, 
where, where, you know, obviously they need to be trained, but is it possible to, to, to potentially, um, you know, get the word out? I mean, if, we're, if we need people and we need, uh, obviously, you know, skilled individuals, um, is it possible to, you know, to, 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 to create a program like that? Well, with, with Joe's union, the, the guy for the depressman, first of all, I would encourage his people to apply for jobs as maintenance mechanics, you know, who can any, if you can repair a press, you can repair something else. So it'd, it'd be repairing some of the equipment down there. And I'm sure they use riggers down there, which we could use those right now. There's about five or six openings right now for riggers. Um, so they, they should apply for those kind of jobs. Uh, if you know how to run a machine, you can probably be trained on a machine. It's not to me. That's like I say, it's up to management. But what they have done, if you come in, if you're a welder and you're close to passing the welding test, they'll send you for training. That's if awesome. you're close to passing some of these tests, they will send you for training, especially welders. So you got a guy who's like welded in one thing. And, and this is ceramic back welding. This is something that, that a lot of people don't usually do. But what they can do is if you can learn how to weld, they'll send you for training to be a ceramic back welder at Delaware County Community College. But I just want to say one thing, that the ships they're building are Marad ships, which are these cross between a classroom, a hospital, and, and, a, uh, and, a, and a hotel. And the reason they're there, most of the reason there are a lot of it is because the Metal Trades Department filled in Washington, led by Jimmy Hart, who was the uh, head of the metal trades and mm-hmm. the people, the union members here went down to Washington. We lobbied hard and we hired lobbyists and we took money out of our treasury and we worked really hard to get these jobs back here. And now we got about five years worth of work That's maybe, great. and hopefully it'll go on for them from then. Uh, Lou, how do we, but how do let we, me just tell you one thing. You got to pass a drug test. Right? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. That's a, obviously a big part. I mean, you know, you're going down there to work. It's a, you know, you, it's a, um, a big time environment. It's a pro job. Um, and obviously passing the drug test is vitally important. Um, and so there's opportunity. And by the way, Joe Krause, you don't see that, you know, there isn't many opportunities we get to, you know, to have somebody like Lou on, on, you know, on a broadcast and who's sitting there going, Hey, we're going to have 1100 jobs next year. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and how to, apply for those jobs. I mean, I think it's amazing. I mean, I I, I think, Lou, it is just the story of the year. I mean, it's a great story when you think about it in the context of, as you said, and then we know a year ago or however long ago it was, there was two, there was a dozen people there. Lou, how many people, how many uh, members um, from the union uh, still, in other words, we have, we were down to nine guys. How many did we retain? Um, because I know it was rough for a, a while there. Um, are we are we um, able to re- retain a lot of the guys that were laid off? Unfortunately, well, we got a, they're starting to come back. We kept up. You know, we we built into the last contract. And look, we didn't have a lot of bargaining power. The last contract, we had maybe eighty people working there. That's going to change in the next contract. Was because we'll be in the middle of two ships the second ship. So we're going to have a lot more people and a lot more bargaining power. But we did build it in the contract that if you were laid off over a year, which was your recall rights, if you came back between one and three years, you got all your vacation, all your sick leave, all your benefits, all, you know, some of your seniority, your, your old rate of pay. So we put incentives in for people to come back. Um, look, it's very hard work. It's not 
for everybody. You know, some and when they're working hard in February with a lot of overtime, you go to work when it's dark and you come home when it's dark. But if you're a top guy there, you're making six figures with your overtime. If you're a crane operator or if you're a CNC operator or a top welder, you can make a, you know, a living down there. Absolutely. It's what it, 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 it's a, we're talking about jobs with a living wage. And that's really what, what this is all about. I mean, you know, I, we're doing some things that can change lives and, and what's going on down at the shipyard. Uh, thankfully. Now, what's that website before we go to break, Lou? Phillyshipyard.com. You know, my father had one say, and he says the best anti-poverty program in the world is a good paying job. Absolutely. On that note, we'll take a commercial break back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And we're back here live on The Labor Show with Jadock and Krause as we come to you uh, on a Saturday night. Some good words uh, to, from Lou Ager joining us in the opening half hour, still with us. Um, but Jadock, as we talked about during the commercial break, uh, man, is it great to hear uh, Lou's message tonight about the number of workers and the number of available positions, and as Lou said, five years plus. It's great Absolutely. stuff. It's, it's great stuff. And um, it, 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 Lou's going to stick around for this upcoming set. We're going to bring into the, uh, the the uh, show uh, John Dodds, who's the president of the Philadelphia, or the director of the uh, Philadelphia Un- Unemployment Project to talk about some of the issues going on right now with unemployment. I'm going to hand it over to Lou, if you will, set the table for John, Lou. Well, first of all, John is one of my old friends. We've been friends for 30 years. We still even play basketball together when we were younger. All right. I want to get some video of that, by the way, Lou. Uh, you don't want to see that. <laughs> a lot of 14-foot jump shots, a lot of them clanking off the rim. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, John has been director of Philadelphia Unemployment Project since I've known him. Um, Philadelphia Unemployment Project fights for the rights of poor, you know, working people and the unemployed. They've done great things. They've uh, uh, we work together to get reverse commuting money so people in the suburbs, where people could get vans to take people to jobs in the suburbs, uh, get extension for unemployment benefits. He's worked very hard to get the moratorium on the sheriff's sale. Um, you know, the, this was in city council and, and look, I can go on and on about him. Um, one of the proudest days of my life was when I was, uh, recognized as, um, social warrior, justice warrior year by the unemployment project. And I still hold the record for the most money raised for that. But awesome. John is, is, is here to talk about there. Apparently there's 289,000 unprocessed claims for work for, unemployment in Philadelphia and John's here to talk about that and after and I'll just leave the rest to John because he knows what he's doing hey John uh welcome to the broadcast and 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 as Lou said you know pick it up from there okay well thanks for having me on uh yeah we've you know obviously we've had a pandemic we've had a collapse of the economy um and things are getting a little better but ever since the, uh, back in March, the unemployment office has not been able to handle the claims that people are applying. And uh, we're now 14 months in, and they're still not able to handle the claims. And we have got a, uh, we've got a line where people call. We have a, a webpage where people can call, 
contact us about un, un, unpaid unemployment. And we've had over 1,200 people contact us in the last three months. Can't get their unemployment. Haven't 50% of them have never even been determined. They applied and they never heard anything. And this is the loose enders. Actually, there were 289,000 people a couple of weeks ago. Now there's 304,000 people waiting to get determined, getting no money. And this has been an ongoing crisis that has been reported over and over again in the media, on TV, on the radio, uh, newspapers, and yet there's no solution, and it goes on. And, uh, you know, there's horrible stories to hear about people waiting since July to get their money, since November, since February. You know, I don't know how people live. So we have been putting putting together a campaign that says pay benefits now, and basically says that the state does not have the capacity to make determinations of people within 21 days, which is what the Labor Department says they should do. They've got to pay people while they're still trying to determine them. You can't have people waiting three and four and five months for their income, and that's where that's what's been happening. And uh, you know, we're trying to put pressure on on the governor, on the lieutenant governor, the secretary of labor. Do something. Don't just let this go on. And we've got a lot of people. We had a rally at the governor's uh, office the other day, um, and. It's just really a ridiculous situation that, that, you know, on top of that, they can't answer the phone. They haven't answered the phone in over a year. People are calling, don't have their money, have no idea what's going on. My sister-in-law spent nine months without a determinant, didn't know why she wasn't getting her money. Turned out they uh, they still wanted to determine her employer why she left her job. Nine months later, she finds that out. I mean, that's the system that we have or the lack of the system. Um, so our organization has been working with uh, different unions. Uh, uh, musicians' union is certainly one that's been real involved since that whole union, whole industry shut down for the pandemic and hasn't opened yet. So we'll, we're going to continue to sit. And our slogan is pay benefits now. If you, if you don't have the capacity to determine what people are supposed to and do, get, and provide the benefit and continue, but don't let them starve. Don't sit, sit, let people starve for months on end. And that's unfortunately the situation now. John, it's 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 hard to it's hard to wrap your arms around uh, this thought. There's nothing that can be done. It's amazing to me. Well, well there's something that can be done. This is the, what did they do? What state was it, John, where they brought the the National Guard in? To process unemployment claims? Well, the Labor Department says you got to do it. 80% of all your claims have to be decided within 21 days, is the uh, Department of Labor standard. And they're not even close to I mean, they're not even in the same continent on that. And we're saying if you don't have the capacity to do what's required, let the people have their money while you're determined. Don't, you know, don't starve people. And that's what they're doing. 300,000 people right now, 14 months into the pandemic, are sitting here waiting to get money. Money that they paid into, by the way. This is money that workers pay into. It's not, it's not a handout. It's a, something they're entitled to for as a working person. So we think that, that if there's a better solution, we'd love to hear it. But like I say, it's been 14 months. There's been repeated stories all the way back in April. We had a big story about the, where we were quoted in it and all the way through. They got nothing. They're going to hire people. And on top of it, they're 
they're planning to start a new system in two weeks, in two, in the month of June. Redo all the computers while all these hundreds of thousands of people are waiting. No one can imagine the chaos that's going to ensue from that. So, really, it's a, like sort of a human humanity situation. Can you starve? How long can you starve these people without a solution? And uh, so, we're asking them to follow the guidelines the Labor Department says, pay the money out. If ultimately they're not eligible, you can, they're overpaid. You can get the money back. But most people are eligible, and all of nobody can sit around for months without income. And that's that's really our concern. And, and like I said, they call on us, and you hear them talk on the phone. It's, it's heartbreaking. There's nothing you can do about it right now. John, John, real quick, what can the general public do? Um, and, I, and I don't mean calling unemployment because we know they can't get through there. But calling <laughs> our politicians – um, you know, you know, just to let, you know, whoever, whatever. Well, they can't do anything. Well, I mean, we if we nothing. bump, listen. Nothing. Well, they, we, there, go is, ahead, there is, the politicians do have what's called a back channel, the same thing that we have. It's called a back channel where they can send in information to the state. But and I think they're trying to do better for the politicians. So if you know your elected official, that's one thing you can try. But uh, from what we can tell, most of those things don't work either. I mean, ultimately, people, some pe- people do get, we've had 25% of the people we contact got their money. So that's that's something. Um, but three-quarters of them are still waiting. But I do recommend people call their call their elected official. They all are being flooded with this. They have what's called a back channel to the unemployment office. They can send it in. It's better that, obviously, you can't even talk to them. So at least something gets into Harrisburg. That's the thing. you got if somebody loses their PIN number. They forget their PIN number, and they can't get their claims, and they try to call for two months and can't get through. So they're getting no money for a simple thing like that. All you need to do is pick up, if the phone gets answered, they can fix it. So that's one thing they can possibly do is try their elected officials. That's probably the best bad solution there is right now. Absolutely. Lou, yeah, they um, should also be calling their elected officials to tell the governor and the Department of Labor to process claims, figure out a way to do this. Exactly. I mean, there's one thing, well, you can do it one at a time, but there's 300,000 people. And, and, and unless we put pressure on, on, on elected officials and the governor's office, we're not going to go down. And these people are going to get evicted. They're going to lose their homes. Their kids are not going to have, you know, Christmas, hopefully. You know, it'll be settled. But it's just awful. Yeah, well, it's, go ahead, go ahead John. They don't have any plan to be able to do that. That's why we're saying pay the benefits. You got three weeks. That's what the labor department did. You can't get it figured out by then. Let them have their money. Keep on doing whatever you're doing, and ultimately, if they're not eligible, go get the money back. But that's one. The other alternative is to let nobody get their money. Let hundreds of thousands wait to make sure you get everybody just up on a timeline that makes no sense for any kind of family to live to not lose their car, not lose their. Uh, Electric and so forth. So. Well, so, I like what we're saying here. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm saying I'm like I like what we're saying here. Um, call your uh, elected officials, not only with your issue, obviously, to see if they can get you help through the back channel, but also like Lou said, um, just to you know to add uh, pressure to, to 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 you know get them all together. I'm talking about three hundred thousand people. Jay. Yeah, I, this I hear isn't you. A handful of people trying to, and you're trying to get trying to solve a problem. This is a you, you get enough deal. You, you get enough state senators and 
and state reps and three hundred thousand people out there waiting for unemployment. You know how hard that is when you don't get a check coming. No, it's in? just That's, unbelievable. Yeah, it's I mean, it, the pressure must be unreal. But uh, John, we appreciate the information, and uh, we're, and and uh, we're, we're 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 happy to get the word out, Lou. Um, you're yeah. right. You know, this is this is a uh, a serious situation, and I'm so. I'm so glad, Lou, that you, you brought it to our attention because obviously we want to do what we can. Uh, Lou Ager, uh, obviously, thanks so much for being, uh, you know, the mouthpiece that you are. And, of course, John Dodds as well. Um, you know, we're, we're a platform here. We're going to keep shouting to the top of our lungs on this issue now. And, and we appreciate uh, your time, both of you. Thanks a lot for having me on. The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. That was John Dodds, Director of Philadelphia Unemployment Project. 290,000 plus not getting their unemployment. Also, special thanks to Lou Ager for jumping in and being a part of the uh, broadcast tonight. We'll get to a break. J. Doc on the other side. Lisa Marie Dealey will join us and we'll wrap it up. Hour number one. Back in a moment. Hi, this is Jay Doc from The Labor Show with Jay Doc and Krause on Talk Radio 1210. If you're a Philadelphia area business professional interested in doing business with the Philadelphia area union community, whether it's connecting with unions, union members, other union vendors, or professional service providers, the Philly Labor Business and Professionals Network is where you want to be. From exclusive meet and greets to live on-air appearances, the Philly Labor Business and Professionals Network provides members with unprecedented opportunities to connect with the Philadelphia area union community. To join the exclusive Philly Labor Business and Professionals Network and connect your business or professional service with the Philadelphia Area Union community, contact me, jdoc, at phillylabor.com at 267-250-1375 or email us at phillylaborpr at gmail.com and experience the privileges of membership in the Philly Labor Businesses and Professionals Network now. Go to phillylabor.com for more information. The great city of Philadelphia and its incredible skyline are being built in part by the Sheet Metal Workers, Local Union 19. And did you know schools, libraries, and other public buildings you visit were built with help from the Sheet Metal Workers? Support the labor movement in Pennsylvania and hire a member of the Sheet Metal Workers, Local Union 19. Their history dates back to the 1800s, serving 23 counties in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Sheet Metal Workers, Local Union 19, Gary Messino, Business Manager. Visit them on the web at smwlu 19 Tom Lee Hackey has become part of my morning prayers. I was a full-time nurse just lifting up a patient. A tractor trailer came up behind us, pushed us right through. Right off the bat, you just felt comfortable. I felt somebody had my back. He says, I'm going to do everything that I can do for you. You guys are amazing. I love you. Call Pond Lahaki Giordano, highly rated Philadelphia workers' compensation attorneys. The Wildwoods are giving away two family vacations. Visit wildwoodsnj.com slash winafamilyvacation. That's wildwoodsnj.com slash winafamilyvacation. The Rich Zioli Show. Smart, funny, radio. Mornings, 530 to 9. On Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause are presented by DC 33, Local 1637, News Guild 10, and IBEW Local 98. Choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor when planning your next project. 
Ryan back here on the Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause as we come to you live on a Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. J-Doc? Uh, yeah, so um, we got an election coming up, and we love having um, you know our officials on to, to, to give us uh, the updates on a lot of the things going on. Um, I'm ecstatic to bring into the broadcast Lisa Marie Daly, who's the chairwoman of Philadelphia City Commissioners. Uh, Lisa, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. It's it's awesome to have you on the broadcast, and I know we got a lot going on. Um, you know, with 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 the election coming up, uh, a couple things I wanted to talk about right off the bat is the the early voting uh, locations. I think we have 25 uh, mobile ballot drop off uh, locations. Talk about that if you would. So uh, we have a we have a bunch of opportunities for voters to get us their mailed their mail-in ballots, uh, so they don't have to use the post office. Tomorrow, uh, we don't have any going because it's Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day uh, to all the moms out there. But uh, during the week and through the weekend, we have mobile locations that will be set up, manned by election officials, to collect uh, people's mail-in ballots. So they don't have to use the postal service. They can come to one of these sites, hand their ballot to an election personnel, and know that their ballot is safe, secure, uh, and we have it. Uh, those uh, locations can be found on our website at phillyvotes.com. And we'll be out during the week, uh, and we'll be out all weekend long. Today, we're very grateful and, and thankful to the Philadelphia Eagles. We were down at the link today with Swoop and some Eagles cheerleaders, and we had a lot of people come and bring us their ballots, uh, encouraging Philadelphia voters to go to philadelphiavotes.com to find out where they can go for mobile drop-offs uh, this week and next weekend. In addition to that, we have 14 uh, mobile, we have 14 drop boxes that are permanent boxes. They're like, they look like green mailboxes uh, and they're located throughout the city where voters can go to drop off their ballots 24 uh, seven up until the polls close on election day. Lisa, what do you make of the, uh, of the low number of mail in ballots so far? Why do you think it is? You know, it, this uh, this election cycle is normally a low a low turnout election, but I think uh, even more so, coming off of the November election, I think it's a, a fair to say that voters have uh, they're just worn out, they're beat up. There's from the from the last election, and and it seems like you know there's some hesitancy to to get involved and to do it again. But you know, we need everybody to do it again, especially. You know, in these in this municipal primary election, people don't pay it much mind. But it, really, if you're a Philadelphian, this election matters to you. You are making you know you're going to go and vote for people that are going to be judges on a bench that are going to make decisions for Philadelphians. Like you know, cr- uh, you know, dispensing justice and fairness. It's really important. You you people need to realize that this election is so important if you're a Philadelphian. I mean, our district attorney's on the ballot. It's the Philadelphia district attorney. It's the Philadelphia municipal court. It's the Philadelphia common police court. These are important races for Philadelphians to get engaged in and to, and to start looking more closely at and to absolutely be a voter. And, it, and we have nine days. It's not over yet. So there's nine days to go. You can vote in person on May 18th, or you can apply for a mail-in ballot until May 11th. Now, Lisa, real quick, talk about um, the, the, the ballot uh, locations. Um, 
talk about, um, you know, what, what are our, uh, the locations and the polls looking like? I mean, do we have our normal poll locations right now? Yeah, we have the normal complement of polling locations uh, as we had in November. Uh, there may be some changes, you know, due to uh, construction at some rec sites. Um, this, this election happens to fall on a Jewish holiday, so some of those locations had to be changed. But for the most part, uh, all of the polling locations will be as they were in November. Any polling location that changed, the voter will get a postcard in the mail that will tell them uh, that their polling place has changed and where they can go to vote in person. And again, we have all that information on our website at PhiladelphiaVotes.com. Now, um, we have a, a couple minutes left. Is there anything in particular you want to tell the listeners, obviously, uh, you know, that, that uh, we want to get the word out? Obviously, PhiladelphiaVotes.com, that we can't mention that enough because if anybody's got any questions, you, you know, what you're I think questions. Lisa's word is 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 spot on fatigue oh yeah i, think, I agree I, with that i, I, I think 100%. people are fatigued yeah i mean I, I don't even think people can believe there's already another election even though it's a you know obviously not a not a major uh you know not for governor or mayor or anything like that but is there anything you want to want to say to our listeners before we uh roll out i would just want to say to your listeners that it, make a plan and be a voter every six months you get an opportunity to have your voice heard and you should absolutely do it. And, you know, I, I recognize, look, I have my own fatigue from the November election. But that election just made us even more confident that we have a resilient population here in Philly. We love the vote. And we need to just go do it in big numbers for the May 18th primary. Um, so, you know, get it, make a plan and be a voter. Lisa, I'll say this. You are the one person in Philadelphia entitled to be fatigued oh, yeah. from the November election. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it, it, I was going to say, we, a lot of us were, but nobody more than Lisa. <laughs> no doubt about uh, that. But, but I love the fact that, you know, yeah. we're back up and, and, and ready to go again. want to thank you and, and, and all your staff, um, you know, the entire team for the great job that you do. Uh, thanks so much, Lisa Dealey, uh, who is the uh, Philadelphia City Commissioner, the chairwoman of it. Great job. All right, good stuff from Lisa Marie Dealey checking in. Uh, and joining us, finishing up hour number one of the Labor Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT on the other side of CBS News. Hour number two, the John Doherty Hour.